Hey guys, welcome back to Amigapreneur. This is Jacqueline, your host. I have a treat for you guys today. Um, today's guest is Sara with Dike. I first found out about her on The Real Urban Classy, and when I saw her photo, um, I was just attracted to her unique style. And when I heard she had a podcast, I was so excited because I feel that I haven't really seen a lot of brown uh, you know, women with podcasts, so I was certainly so excited about it and when she agreed to come on I was just you know I was so humbled because I don't know her and I just decided you know I listened to her podcast and I really like what she's doing she's very transparent um, she's very open she's lets you know you know what's going on in her life and she adds so much value and wisdom because of that and she did the same for for me and when I was interviewing her, I just got so much and I really hope that you guys enjoy it and share it. Um, also, just a heads up, I'm going to launch the website very soon and I'm going to have these podcast companions that you can download and they're going to help you, you know, it's going to be a combination of the quotes and also going, you know, an overview of the podcast, but also um, a way for you to write down your thoughts and what you, you know, notes on what you heard from the podcast. So um, I'll have all of that available. So keep an eye out for that. Um, now, I hope you enjoy the podcast. I definitely started questioning everything. Um, I, okay. How can I word this properly? So I accepted Christ into my life, I want to say like a good seven years ago. And at that time, I was going through some bullshit again. You know, I was going through a lot of stuff again. And, um, and I had the kind of life where I tried to plan everything, but nothing, nothing really panned out. It will pan out for a while, but then some curveball will come out of left field and it just won't work for me. And, um, so when I, when I decided to become a non-denominational Christian, which is a very, you know, I, I like to say the title only because, you know, when people see how I live, they don't, they'll be like, you're a Christian. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but whatever. So once I did that, life kind of, life kind of got worse. And that was kind of when I was like, all right, so what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? Like, I don't understand. You know, I just kind of want a regular ass life, but nothing kind of seems to work. And that kind of made me question, well, what am I supposed to do? And that's kind of when, you know, everything started shifting. And when you said things were happening in your life, what was going on at that time? And what do you, like, how do you feel that, because you said once you accepted, what, like, what did you accept? Well, I always believed in God. You know, I always believed in God. I always believed, like, he's my Lord and Savior, all that good stuff. But um, I accepted just, like, his will because, like I said, things were always so crazy for me. Like, I never really had consistency. Like, my consistency was inconsistency. So, at that time, I was just like, I'm tired of this shit. I'm, I'm doing so much with little return. You know, I don't get it. And it was kind of like, I felt like God was like, come to me and you'll see what's up. And then I accepted it. And, you know, my pastor at the time was like, you're going to go through a lot of unraveling and it's going to hurt. 
but you're gonna go through it and you're gonna come out on top. And in my head, I'm like, nigga, shut up. Like, what are you talking about? What? You know, that's kind of what really went down. You know, the layers had to peel off and I had to get into my more in tune, higher spiritual self to get to where I'm at right now. What did, what started to unravel? Like, can you describe what was the first thing that you realized that, yeah, you, at first you were like, whatever, he's tripping, but what was like your first sign of, wow, he was right. Now these things are happening. That I had to give up control. Like I had to stop. Once I stopped putting time limits on my life or when I should do certain things or once I stopped trying to control my every move because I thought my life should be a certain way that's when like that was the unraveling you know I had to get over fear I had to get over being talked about uh I had to loosen up when it comes to like protecting my reputation because bitches and niggas is gonna talk regardless people are gonna talk and you know I'm a very private person but it was like things were happening on purpose to be like, look, either you're ready for what I'm about to give you or not. And I tried to resist it for a while. And the more I resisted, the more it was just like, it just wouldn't work. So that, you know, the layers that peeled off was that like, I got over fear. I got over the fear of failure. I got over, you know, people knowing who I am and things of that nature. What do you think when you say you're a very private person, do you think that because you were so private or, you know, you were trying to keep, I guess, your sense of control, you know, your privacy and maybe whatever was happening in your career, do you think that that maybe that's what was being taken away so that you can let go of control and kind of accept who you are or who you were becoming? Yeah, most definitely. I feel as though because like, you know, my big thing was I always wanted to be like a fashion editor, which is not some, you know, like some hard to reach dream, you know? And um, I was working in that field for a while, but then again, life kind of threw me a curveball that I had to get out of it. I was like, well, fuck it. I just want to be a regular corporate America, nine to five, give me my benefits package and it's all good. But even that wasn't, wasn't feasible at the time. And as much as, as much as I tried and to hold on to that, it just wasn't working. And that was kind of what, you know, I feel like God was trying to tell me, like, I have a bigger plan for you. You need to stop. And I guess him taking that away from me or me never really being able to achieve it was like, I guess how, how you said, like, that was the control part that he was taking away. And Sometimes you just have to look at the clues of your life to see what you're meant to do. And at the time, I just wanted stability and I just wanted to be, um, you know, just live a normal life. But that's, you know, that's not for me. And the more I resisted it, the more I tried to go after that, the less I got to that. You know what I'm saying? The less I got to, the less I got to obtain it. What were some of those clues that you were getting or that maybe you started putting together? Can you give us an example? Like every job I went to, somebody didn't like me. Like for no apparent reason. Like it was, it was like they would try to make my life impossible. 
And then I would have to try to pass the test of, can I turn the other cheek? And then, you know, kind of like uh, being interviewed. I had one time I went to an interview where the lady from Jump Street just looked at me and was like, yeah, you're not getting the job. I'm like, God damn, for real? Like, I just walked in, you know, and you when you go to a job interview, you just you look all nice and you try to put your best representative forward. And she just looked at me and was like, no, I'm like, okay, fierce, but whatever. Um, and I just could never have that life. And then other things will come. So it will be like, for example, my backup degree was social work, but I would always work social work with like the bottom of the barrel type of, uh, you know, um, people that society doesn't want to deal with. And I hate to say it like that, but you know, people with, you know, HIV, you know, the LGBT community that, you know, homeless people, nobody ever wants to kind of deal with them. And I was always front and center. And being that I was always hired for those type of jobs, something creative always came with it. And that's kind of where I thrived. So that was like the major clue is like, okay, apparently you're good at being a creative you're good at helping people out, you know, and I've always had those jobs and I've never really saw it for what it was. And it was now that, that came natural to you. So you didn't think about it, you think? I mean, I guess, you know, again, it was kind of like, it just came naturally to me. So I never really put much thought to it. And then um, I'm actually doing that now. And I'm working as the HIV counselor at a, like, at a, at a rehab center, you know, so it's kind of, and that's now where my, you know, where my podcast is kind of taking off and all the other creative things I'm doing is kind of prospering mm -hmm. because I guess I'm just in that environment and that's what fuels me, you know, like I don't have all the answers, but I'm just, again, looking at the clues of my life mm -hmm. and seeing how everything works together. So what would your, you know, saying that you don't have all the answers, I think just telling your story, I think it clicks for people sometimes. Now being where you're at at this moment and you're starting to notice, you know, these clues, these things connecting and things starting to take off. What would you tell a person that may be where you were in the beginning and they're not getting it and they're not understanding or they've gone to those interviews and they just look at you like, yeah, you're not supposed to be here. And maybe they, per you know, they take that personal rather than maybe that door was closed to show you something better. You know, what would I you do to someone that is in the, in the midst of it and not really getting it, I guess. I tell people all the time, take inventory of your life because you're, you know, your life, God, the universe, whoever it is that you want to um, worship or you want to look up to, you will always have clues, you know? Like, I feel as though people always say, you know, hustle to where you're at or network, do this, do that, do the most. But what is for you will not miss you. And sometimes God, the universe, whoever you want to worship, interrupts your whole life just to make you see where you're supposed to be. And that is what happened for me two years ago because, I, you know, like I said, I was, I was a corrections officer and that was probably the most stable time I've ever had in my life. But I was miserable, you know, because I wasn't being who I truly was. But I was happy, I was okay. Like, all right, well, I got a benefits package. I make a certain amount of money. I, I could go on vacation. I could do this and that. But 
in my heart, I knew I wasn't supposed to be there. I was just there for just the stability, you know, the American dream, a house with a white picket fence and just comfortable. And I was willing to do the 25 years to retirement, just, you know, just so I could be all right. But that was not where I was supposed to be. I was only supposed to be there for a while. I ignored like the sign of me leaving, me knowing I was supposed to leave. And then that's when everything kind of went to hell. But but what's this? God always leaves clues. God what? always leaves clues. It's your job to actually pay attention. What do you believe was your sign? Was was it just a feeling that you needed to leave, or was there something? I mean, it was first. It was just a feeling. You know, like I knew I was supposed to be there for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. But once you know something is done, you feel it in your gut. Then you know I ignored my gut feeling because I was like, nah, you know. I work hard to be here. I'm going to stay here. Da, 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 da. Then it was just like the fire got turned up. You know, I had a lot of problems with my superiors, a lot of problems with my inmates. I had a lot of problems with my coworkers, still ignored it. Then I just had people straight up tell me, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. And I'm like, well, whatever, nigga, shut up. <laughs> you know, but, you know, and then it, it takes for something crazy to happen for you to be like, all right, I'm sorry, you know, whatever. So, a lot of the things that happened to me, I ignored it because I was just so pressed to hold on to something to my job or whatever. But, you know, you know when you're supposed to move on from a situation. It's just your choice whether you want to listen to yourself or not. What do you think scares people so much? I mean, besides, of course, the stability. What do you think kept you there when everything else was telling you? it's time to go. And people were like, literally saying, you don't belong here. Besides change. stability. Change. People fear change of starting over, you know, going through the process of another job interview or going through the process of learning to work for yourself. You know, change is scary. And even though I went through so many curveballs in my life, I should have been used to it. But I was just so pressed to be like, no, I just want to be stable. I just want to, you know, just be here and chill, even though the place was like slowly killing me. But, you know, it's, I, people are afraid of change. They don't know, they're used to being safe and they're used to their own routine, even if that routine is not good for them. Do you think it's harder sometimes for people that have gone through a lot versus people that maybe haven't, you know, for example, gone through trauma or had a difficult childhood or had, you know, a chaotic uh, relationship or something, and they finally find stability and they think, you know, why do I want to give this up? I know how, how it is to live in chaos because it kind of causes us, you know, like a rumble in a sense for us. We find stability and things are good now, right? But we also still have that little voice of like, live your passion and your dream and kind of connect to that right there's something bigger do you think right. it's more difficult sometimes how how is that for you i know for me personally i can't really speak for anybody else i went i went through so much shit that i was like oh my god if i go through one more thing i'm just gonna lose it blah 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 but now i've just had to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable hmm. You know, now I'm in a transitional point again where it's like, I know I have to look for something else that's going to be conducive to, like, 
me trying to make my podcast pop off. And people could be like, oh, you're just never satisfied. It's not that. Because if it was up to me, I'd just have a job and chill there for as long as I can and be cool, you know? But there's a difference between hopping into something because you don't know how to thug it out. And then there's a difference when you know that's not in your, in your walk, that's not in your purpose. So again, it's just really being in tune with who you are, taking inventory of what you got to do and knowing what it is that you're here for. Sometimes your purpose is just to be a really good mom. So you'll meet that one person and have a great marriage and a, you know, a wonderful family. And that's good for you. Some people are not meant for that. Some people are meant to be nomads and, you know, your purpose is just travel and document it. You get what I'm saying? Everybody has a different walk. And I know for me now, I'm just learning that I have to get comfortable being uncomfortable because being a regular nine to five person is just not in my cards. And I'm, and now I'm okay with that. How did you make peace with that? I mean, again, it goes back to just taking inventory of your life and just looking at the patterns of how your life plays out. That's like, for example, if you're in, a, in an abusive relationship and you finally want to learn what it is to be loved by the right person, you have to take, again, you have to look at your life and be like, what do I do to keep putting myself in the same predicament? Well, that's kind of what I did. It's like every time I try to be like a regular corporate America girl, it doesn't work. Why is that? Sarah, you have, tats you have a tattoo. I have a tattoo on my face. Where on God's green earth am I going to work? I'm not going to work for IBM or Apple anytime soon. You know, so it forced me to get creative with my hustle and get creative and be like, all right, if I'm going to work a regular job, to pay my rent while I do this, you know, this thing, my creative thing, where can I go that I'm accepted? Where was that for you? Well, I've just been lucky that for whatever reason, retail and nonprofit organizations have been really open with me and it's never really been a problem. But I know if I go to work at like, I don't know, a court or something to be like, a court reporter that's not gonna fly mm -hmm. you, like you have to know where your tribe is where your vibe is and where you fit in i'm not about to be, go become like i don't know a secretary at a law firm with a big ass tattoo on the side of my face you get what i'm saying like it's just not gonna work talk to him about never being satisfied because i know when we i've know i've had that you know, I've, I've worked at several places and then something tells me, you know, this isn't it. And then there's this guilt that comes in that I think, you know, I'm, I'm, it, this is such a blessing. You know, this is a really good job or a really good situation. Maybe, and, and there's this fear that would enter, like, what if I'm never satisfied? What is wrong with me? Right? We start to question that. How do you know that there's a difference between never being satisfied and then this isn't it? Um, I think it's mainly because, again, I'm speaking for myself and from the experiences I've seen my friends go through. I know for me, never being satisfied means like, okay, I'm not the type of person to be in, a, like, if I was fortunate enough to be in corporate America, I'm not going to be an administrative assistant forever. So never being satisfied would be, well, I want to climb the corporate ladder type of deal. You know, right now I have 
you know, a, re a relatively successful podcast, meaning I get a certain amount of downloads per episode and I get a certain amount of love and people click on it. But eventually I want to monetize it. I want to be bigger than what it is. That's kind of never being satisfied on that level. When it's just on some like, you know, you job hop all the time because, oh, well, so-and-so doesn't like me, so I'm just going to leave. Or, you know, I can't stand my coworkers. That's, you know, that's something else. That's just kind of like, girl, grow up. You know, there's never going to be a perfect job, never going to be a perfect time. You're never going to have a perfect boss. You know, if you're the type of person to come up with a great idea for a business, but you never push through with it, that's kind of never being satisfied in the sense like you're just lazy and you want somebody to do this shit for you type of deal. Mm -hmm. You know, first you started a t-shirt brand, then from there you want to do pins, and then from there you want to like review hair care, like girl, <laughs> get it together. Talk to me about your podcast. How did you decide that this was going to be another creative outlet for you? I just did it on some like, what else could go wrong in my life? If nobody listens, I don't care. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, eh, whatever. Let's just see what it is. And I did it when I was homeless. I was like couch surfing. Mm -hmm. And I still kind of wanted to try my hand out on, you know, like the creative field. Because I knew deep down in my heart ever since I was like a little kid that I always wanted to work in something creative. It just didn't, it didn't matter what. And that was kind of out of my comfort zone because I don't like to talk to people. I like to be behind the scenes. I hate public speaking. So that was out of the thin blue sky. And, you know, I kind of wanted a co-host to have a crutch. But that person said no because they were busy doing their own thing. And that was like the blessing that started everything. That I was like, well, fuck it. You know, if nobody listens to it. Who cares? Right. But, you did it, right? You said you were going to yeah. do it and you're doing it. And if right. more comes of it, then maybe it's meant for you. Right. And, you know, that's what's happening. I, I was not expecting it. I don't expect, I didn't expect the DMs. I didn't expect like, oh my God, you're so inspired. And I'm like, girl, I'm just living a regular as life. <laughs> like, I'm not inspired. I'm not inspiring at all. But, you know, it's a great, it's a great compliment. Do you think there's enough Latina voices? Definitely not. You? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> what do you, what do you hope to see, like in the near future, when it comes to to women like yourself or to Latinas? Like I mean, this coming. From? I'm sorry, I just keep cutting you off. My bad. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> edit it, edit it, girl, edit it. But anyways, um. To be completely honest and keeping it a hundred, like I don't have Latin women check for me to try to work with me. And it's kind of sad only because women are screaming all this female empowerment shit. And I, I definitely will tell you, no, not too many Latin women have come up to me like, let's collaborate. Oh, I think you're dope or any of that. I feel like everything is based off looks. And since I don't look like Sofia Vergara, I'm more like Kat Von D. People don't, they don't, they don't check for me and that's fine. And I try to accommodate that kind of girl 
but that's not me. And I'm not about to kiss your ass just so you can fuck with me. So I would want for Latin women of all shades and shapes and variety to kind of like work together and big each other up. There's enough room for everybody at the top. What I talk about is not going to be what you talk about. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because I'm kind of on the hood side and I say, you know what I'm saying, every five minutes, and, <laughs> you know, I use a lot of slang, doesn't mean I'm better than you or you're better than me. You know, we could come together and work it out. People are really funny style when it comes to the game of just making it. And, you know, I feel like you're doing a disservice to yourself and other people and you don't share who's trying to sweat you. And, you know, the tables turn, honey. The tables turn all the time. So you might be popping right now, but you never know. If you don't catch up with the times, you know, or, like, catch up with people that are moving and shaking, even if they're, quote, unquote, beneath you, you're going to miss out. Yeah, and I don't think people really realize for that. But the thing that I've come to realize is, you know, whoever I'm reaching out to and responds and we're able to, you know, come together and make this happen, that's that's what it's supposed to be. And the ones right. that are not and that I keep trying and it just doesn't happen, you know, it's like, I, I think it's meant for me to let it go. <laughs> Someone yeah, tell okay, me exactly. to let it go. <laughs> that's kind of going back to just taking inventory of your life. If you know certain people don't fuck with you, just don't stop. Right. Go to the next person, you know, and I've had that happen where I was the annoying person. Let me pick your brain. Like now that I know, now that people want to pick my brain, I'm, now I know how annoying it is and how disrespectful <laughs> it is to someone's research and time, you know, and the people that I try to hook up with that were, you know, flyer than me at the time, they would just not leave me on straight red scene. And it's like, all right, I get it. So I just stopped. I stopped. Once I started doing my own thing, people reached out to me and I was like, all right, I didn't like that people were dissing me. So I'll answer you even if you probably don't fit what I'm trying to do. I wanted to get into um, your podcast. And right. Your voice and how you like honed in. Was it because when you started, it was just something you're like, I'm just going to try it. Or were you just always open to being as vulnerable as you can? Because you talk about a lot of stuff about being homeless, about, you know, things that you went through. Was it because when you started, there wasn't a large audience or is it something that you just decided you were just going to be totally transparent? This is really all by surprise. I did not think that I would get even half of what I'm getting right now. And I'm not even like popping like that yet. You know, I'm not even at the level at some other ones, but you know, I just decided to be honest with my life. And once I was honest with my life, that's when things started changing. And, you know, I tell you what I want you to know, because obviously there's way more things that happened to me in those two years that I, I lead on. But, you know, I say what I say. And again, I prayed on it and I was like, you know, God, you fill me with what you want me to say and I'll talk about it. And that's just kind of how it came about. And once I started talking more and, you know, I was traveling, I've been, you know, I went to Cali a few times. I went to Atlanta. Brown based people like other, other folks that are not Mexican is kind of non-existent over there. And one of my big things was I want to bring, you know, Dominicans and Puerto Ricans and what all kinds of cans to the West coast, you know, to the South. 
because people kind of don't know where we're at. And it's like living in the tri-state, whether it's Jersey, New York, Connecticut, you're exposed to so many different walks of life. So when I went to Cali, it was kind of like, you're Dominican? What's that? Where is that? And I'm like, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, and this this is real this is real shit though. And I'm just like, nah, you know, if I would want I'm trying and I'm doing the work to get my podcast out there and be by coastal. You know, and I want for people in the West to know what it is to be a Puerto Rican person, a Dominican person, a Guatemalan person, uh, whatever, you know, because it's really, we're not really out there. We're not really known out there, but on this side of town, we know any and everybody. I think, to, and kind of, I guess, to help you, what do you want to say about podcasting or what are some of the questions that you get over and over? And do you want to talk about those? as far as creativity, you know, getting started, maybe like how you put your content together. People ask me, how did I do it? Or they'll be like, I need help. And I'm like, with what? And they're like, I don't know. I just need to, I need help. I'm like, but with what? Like, you have to be specific. If you're going to start a podcast, you have to be specific of, all right, well, what's your intent? And you know, you might not have to get it right away, but you have to get it by like at least the third episode. You know what I'm saying? So number one is, what is your intent, right? Why are you starting it? Right. Okay. And second is, if you're going to ask somebody for help, offer them something in return. Take them out. I've gotten people, how do you do this? Well, hello to you too. Hi. <laughs> you know, you, I like my coffee, you know, Bustelo, you could buy me a can. No, like what are you doing don't just demand for me to you know don't do that if you're the type of person that you only hit up someone when you need something don't even ask right. because i believe you on red i'm gonna leave you on scene so <laughs> you don't do that and then you have to just be yourself people try to emulate other people and it just it doesn't work you know i had a instance where a person i'm not even gonna say who they are they kind of, I guess, imitated my podcast to a T. Oh. And I was like, it's just not natural. It just didn't sound like that person. I'm like, you can't be me. And I can't be you. Right. What works for me might not work for you. What might work for you might not work for me. So be. So that's number three. Find your voice. Do the legwork. <laughs> And then just find, you know, to actually start like with logistics, just find what you can afford. For example, I just, I started off with, I Googled free podcast apps and then the opinion app just came up, you know, and it was for iPhone. It was free. It was perfect at the time. You know, now I got to move on because I would suggest opinion, but opinion just sent me an email saying that they're about to shut it down. I guess the free downloads were not working, so Google some more. But, you know, Google what you think it works for you, whether you have Android or iPhone, or if you want to start all, you know, be popping out of the vagina, like, with a mic and a setup, fine, if you could do that. But, you know, see what works for you. At the moment, I didn't have the funds. All I had was my phone. I wasn't beat to buy anything. So I was like, all right, let me see how I can do this for the free. And then that was what came up and that was what worked for me for a good amount of time. 
I mean, basically just do your research. That you could just sum that up into do your research of how you want to pop it off. Okay. Meaning, do you have money for a studio? If you do have money for a studio, where do you want to do it? Is it conducive to your lifestyle? Is it close to your home? Can you afford it? What's your budget for that studio? If you're being cheap, where are you in the house? Are you somewhere loud? Are you somewhere quiet? Is it echoey? How can you, you know, how can you finesse your home into your studio? For a while, I was doing my stuff in my closet with just a whole bunch of clothes around me so the reverb could be kind of low. And then, you know, I got to move on from my closet, you know? But that's, do, you have to do your research. So that's when people be like, how did you do it? I don't know, my man. I just started looking stuff up and started seeing what, how I could utilize what I already have. Don't go broke trying to chase a dream. Right. That was perfect. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to close it off because I know we're coming to our time limit, but I kind of want to, I want to, because I wanted to focus on self-care, especially for, for black and brown, I don't think we focus enough on that self-care or at least we're not highlighted in that. When you're right. going through, you know, being homeless, um, I read that you had depression, that you were dealing with a lot, a lot was coming at you. Um, what was some of like your self-care and self-love that you did for yourself while going through all that? I prayed all the time. I prayed and then I put the action to the prayer. Um, that was one. I read a lot of self-help books along with the Bible. You know, that was two. And social media could be a positive thing if you, if you utilize it the right way. So I used to see people that I admired do, doing their thing. And mentally, I was like, you know what? Instead of being jealous, I'm going to use that to fuel my own success. If they could do it, I could do it. And, you know, physically... I would say exercise, but I wasn't. I would, what I would do is I would go to the park and like walk and just be alone with my thoughts. You know, the few and rare times that I got to sleep, you know, in someone's home. You know, when I finally started, when I moved in with my friend who, God bless her soul, she took me in. Her name is Lauren. She's the one that she's always on my podcast too. You know, she had, she just happened to have a really nice bathroom with a bathtub. And every once in a while, I'll just take a bath. And just soak and be there and think and try to come up with ways to, all right, how am I going to get out of this? Things like that. You know, I would do something simple like do my nails. I couldn't afford to get a manicure. So I had my NYC 99 cent polish and do my nails. You know, it's little things that you have to, you have to do to actually, you know, make yourself feel better. Whatever it is that you feel Whatever made you feel better before when you had money, try to find a cheaper version of that. If you want to go to Sephora, but you can't go to Elf or go to like the dollar store, buy some dollar store makeup and beat your face with that. You'd be surprised how good just that feels. Did you ever lose faith? It was to the point where I was very, very close to saying fuck this, but I just had that shred of hope. That's like that one thin, you know, hair thin shred. And, you know, there's a Bible verse that says, you know, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. So I would just like meditate on that. If you know what a mustard seed looks like, it's super, super small. Like 
tiny, tiny, tiny small. And I just kept repeating that to myself all the time. And I'm like, you know what? It's not going to be like this forever. It's not going to be like this forever. And, you know, affirmations and just you having to have the, the willpower, just the sheer willpower to, again, take inventory of your life and be like, I can't stay like this. Like, I could, I could have been comfortable in my friend Lauren's house and just stood there and offered to pay rent. But it was like, you know, this is not for me. I can't live in someone's crib and, you know, have my clothes in one part of the closet and then have some stuff in, a, in someone's basement because I don't have enough room to, you know. So I just had to have that sheer willpower. I had to dig down and be like, this is not how my life is going to end up. And that's exactly what I did. I, I had to work three jobs at one point. I had to sell my jewelry to pay my car note because that's all I had at one point. I had to, you know, sell shoes because I had to pay my phone bill. Like, but I did what was necessary to get myself out of that situation. And that I think that's what some people lack. I'm really realizing that people really don't have that. You know, they let themselves be defeated. And at one point I was allowing that to happen. And then I just really had to be like, yo, this is not you. Are you going to let what happened to you define you for the rest of your life? And again, take inventory, question yourself, and then make it do what it do. You know, faith without works is dead. You can't pray for something and not work for it. This is true. So my final question for you is how can we help you? How can you help me? Not just me, anyone who's listening by sharing your content or what is it that you feel like you, you need help with right now. That would be All right. So what you're going to do is <laughs> <laughs> go to iTunes, listen to my thing the whole way so I can get that download. <laughs> then you're going to, well, oh, I'm going to give you the full step-by-step. Step. Go to your phone if you have an iPhone and download the podcast app, the Apple podcast app. Then you're going to search for Dike, D I. Q-U-E, exclamation point. You're going to see my big ass mouth when my big horse teeth come right up. <laughs> and then you're going to click on it. You're going to listen to a few things. You're going to laugh, cry, cackle, hate, whatever it is. And then you're going to go and leave me a rating and a review. Because I need those things to monetize my life. <laughs> so you're going to leave me a positive review and five stars. And then I'll love you forever. And if you have an Android... I'm on Google Play, I'm on Stitcher, I'm on SoundCloud. So you could do the same exact thing from over there. Perfect. Oh, thank you. <laughs>